you know, the wound is in the repression, the oppression, the suppression, the um, unequal gender pay, it's the inequalities, it's how we've hard we've had to fight for our voices to be heard for our, for our ideas to matter for our businesses to succeed, to have the right. courage of not only being mom at home with the baby, but also being an entrepreneur or the founder of a nonprofit or whatever path we take, healer, teacher, guide, leader. More women need to move through the old wounds of disempowerment. I never truly felt what gender inequality was until I became a mother. Now, almost two years into my motherhood journey while raising my son mostly alone, I can now feel how deep this wound is on this planet and how easy it is to fall into victim consciousness. While we want to acknowledge and shine a light on this wound, we also want to empower the feminine to find her voice and reclaim her power while emerging with the fierce grace of her divine nature. In this episode, I get real and raw with Teresa Vigorino Lazaro, transformational coach, speaker, author, entrepreneur, mother of two, and founder of Mom's House for Children, a nonprofit whose mission is to mother and embrace the most orphaned, vulnerable children in the world. She believes that to make any lasting, profound change, we start with the children. Welcome to the Real Raw Mama podcast, where we shine a light on the deep mother wound within ourselves and the planet. I am your host, Jessica Atchison, a Real Raw Mama, holistic wellness architect, and inspirer of light. My mission is to create a safe space for all mothers to be seen and heard without fear of being shamed or judged, while providing you with holistic tools of self-care that support your nervous system and transform your life. In this episode, you'll learn about the disempowerment of the mother role in society and the current rise and rebirth of the divine feminine on this planet. Letting go of victim consciousness by remembering who you are outside of familial conditioning and the experiences and choices of your life. Finding compassion for our parents' wounded inner child, knowing that people either do things from an act of love or a cry for help. How to apply the golden rule, living life as much as you can with joy and respect for others, and mothering the motherless, how love in action transcends all. This is such a rich, beautiful conversation that I'm excited to share with you. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy. Well, welcome, Miss Teresa, to the Real Raw Mama podcast. I'm so excited to share this time with you and this story. And last time I saw you was in the jungle of Peru, right? It was. Oh my goodness. And that is actually four years ago this month. Is it four years? Oh my gosh, you're right. It was March, 2018. And I met you in Iquitos. You're right. Right. We didn't know each other from Adam until we, <laughs> until we met in that moment and what a journey we went on since. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So much, which really takes us into what I think is like the journey for everyone and why I asked this question. When you hear the words mother wound, where do you feel that in your body? How do you, how does that make you feel? And what does that really mean to you? To me, I, 
immediately feel it in my solar plexus. Mm. I truly feel it. There's a little sacral energy also. I can feel it there, but predominantly it's in the third chakra. And, and as I'm saying that to you, what's expressing is the disempowerment of mother, the, the disempowerment of our mothers that, you know, what, what women have gone through in the human existence. And this is the time of the divine feminine coming through. And so, you know, some of this gets stirred up even, you know, as we know, when something comes in to heal, what happens to unblock, you feel like we went through in the jungle, you feel things exiting. Yeah. So I feel like there's a rebirthing happening. And we know that spiritual circles are talking about it. It's the age of Aquarius. It's all of these things that are happening all at once now. And it is the rise of the feminine. And so is in the repression, the oppression, the suppression, the um, unequal gender pay, it's the inequalities, it's how we've hard we've had to fight for our voices to be heard for our, for our ideas to matter for our businesses to succeed, to have the courage of not only being mom at home with the baby, but also being an entrepreneur or the founder of a nonprofit or whatever path we take, healer, teacher, guide, leader, more women need to move through the old wounds of disempowerment. And even when we speak of the mother, like let's talk about mother earth and the atrocities she's faced. Yeah. So and that's expressed through us as well as divine human beings living on her and with yeah, her. Well, you really feel that when you, when you do some ayahuasca, it's like you feel how deeply you are connected to the earth and what is happening with the earth itself and how it plays out in your personal life and globally and all of it. it it's all wrapped up in this package that we call the human experience. <laughs> and, but more and more of us we are awakening to how powerful the divine feminine is and it is safe to express yourself and it is safe to be who you're meant to be and live your Dharma life, which is the life that you signed up to live that can get sidetracked through disempowerment. So I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but you know, when, when I looked at, when I looked at this, and felt this in my solar plexus, it, it just makes so much sense that it is the rise of the feminine and it is the rise of that energy, whether you're man or woman, but we happen to embody it being female in this incarnation even more. This episode of the Real Raw Mama podcast is brought to you by Ziva Meditation. Stress less, more joy. If you're a real raw mama like me with a full life and a toddler, then you probably have or are experiencing overwhelm, stress, poor sleep, and or exhaustion, or all of the above. I was nearly at the end of my exhaustion rope, and I was honestly dipping into depression when I found Ziva online. I completed the 15-day super fun and simple online course, and almost six months later, I have a daily practice and skill that I won't let go to waste. Because once you experience the benefits, you won't want to miss a meditation. And this is coming from someone who never could figure out how to freaking meditate. You'll learn the three M's, mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting the Ziva way. 
you'll enjoy your life a heck of a lot more. 80% of grads experience significant sustained stress reduction by month one. 90% have reported markedly better sleep, including me. I'm no longer at the end of my rope throughout my day and my life is full of so much more creativity and flow. For a free three-day trial, go to realrawmama.com forward slash linktree under Ziva Meditation or to the link in the show notes. Heal your past so you can create your future. Ziva helps you get better at life. Now, back to the show. Yeah, having become a mother, I didn't fully feel that suppression before. I've never really felt like a victim my whole life in the sense that I've never felt like less than because I'm a woman or that I got paid less because I always worked in restaurants and I always made really good money. Yes. I always usually got treated really well, but now having become a mother and just starting to really have the mother energy of an open heart, the divine mother energy of an open heart, I'm seeing more and more like, wow, yeah, there is a huge inequality here. And let's not talk about it as victims, but let's talk about it. Let's shine a light on it. Like for me as a parent realizing like the money that you give me while I appreciate, appreciate it. I I tell this story to people all the time, or this analogy, like I one time, you know, multiplied $15 an hour times however many hours there are in a month, which I think there's like 730 or something. Yeah. And it's like over 12 grand. Okay. Or it's like close to $12,000. And so if somebody's responsible for someone half the time, like, <laughs> like, how do you compute that? You, and, you don't. And so yeah. mothers, it's like the silent work of mothers. Mm-hmm. But we get paid in spades. You know, my kids are older, as you know, and you know, I <laughs> well, raised thank them you alone. for telling me that because right now I'm just like, I, don't, I feel like a slave. <laughs> yeah. And I can feel like that, you know, and, and, and by the way, my kids are 30 and 26. And sometimes I still feel like they're little servant, you know, I mean, I will drop everything for them. But yet I work my schedule around theirs, you know, but that was the, the kind of mother I, 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 I've been. Um, and I can also say, that there's no greater gift in life than being a mother. For sure. And, and there's no greater, like amazing, like, wow, you literally created a universe from your universe. And so why let's shine a light on how we can honor that more, how we can support that more so that all of these beings that are coming onto this planet feel loved, supported, and it just like when you heal the mama, you heal the child, you heal the family, you heal the world. Like yes. somebody sent me, sent me that meme right before I launched this podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, this is everything. And this is, you know, you're doing it by doing what you're doing. You're doing it. Well, I'm you. doing it. I'm doing yeah. it by healing the mother wound that I had with my mother. Well, and I changed and patterns for my daughter. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you have a personal story that you'd really like to share about your personal mother wound as a mother, as the daughter of a mother? Yeah, I mean, that's a long, how much time do we have? Boy, oh boy, (laughs) that's chock full of all kinds of stories and stuff. You know, I grew up with a mother that was orphaned. And so I know what it's like to be parented by someone who didn't have parental love. Mm. And instead of parental love, she had trauma. She had tremendous amounts of abuse. She never had love. And as a result of that, 
and especially back then, you know, people didn't get help for those kinds of things. Like we're, we live in such a, a beautiful time with, you know, help at our fingertips. You know, I mean, we live at a time where there's help for everyone, really, truly, especially here in the U.S. and in Western societies. But back then in the, you know, when my mother was born in 1945, you know, it was like children are seen and not heard and you get backhanded. And living in a group home, I've heard there was molestation there, very young. Um, And then a, a family member did raise her that was just a terrible abuser. So, you know, of course, that pattern continued because there was no help available to her. And I was able to, you know, I lived in that. I was, I definitely had the opposite of you. I always felt victimized. So through my childhood and experiencing many levels of abuse in that household, and then later I had the wiring and the pattern and the neuro, you know, the neuro pathways for being a victim and abuse. I attracted a lot of abuse to me in my younger years, which I now have, don't have that vibration. I don't have those mindsets and people that look at my auric field, they're like, I couldn't, I would never have known you were abused. So just because you've had it and it's shown up in your life a lot, doesn't mean that's a story you, you can, you have to repeat. You can change it and transmute that. Um, And I'm so grateful. I went through that because of course it was a great educator and it caused me to really dig deep about really becoming aware of who I am separate from my family of origin and the experiences and decisions and choices of my life. I I then had this full embodiment and expression of knowing that I am a divine extension of the creator of this vast universe that expands so rapidly that physicists cannot calculate it. Universes are born every day. (laughs) The same substance that's birthing these universes created me. I mean, that was like the best aha moment of my whole entire life. Yeah. And, and when I, realized this after years of praying for it. When I realized this is really, truly when my transformation really picked up on hyperspeed. And, you know, that brought me to the jungle later. And now I'm doing the nonprofit. But so living with victimization for a very long time, and having those wounds of unforgiveness, those wounds of judgment for my mother, those wounds of resentment that, you know, we keep in our bodies, it's deep down in our psyches. It's part of our wiring unless and until we do that healing work and that freedom from it 100% comes from a lot of work, (laughs) a lot of awareness about, you know, looking at the people that raised you, looking at your mother that raised you and her life story as another human being. And, you know, as a life coach, I was working with people that grew up like I did or, or became that, right? I, fortunately, I thank God I was never an abuser, but I was a victim. I, I played the opposite end of that, but there are two-sided coins, double-sided swords, you know, they're, they're part of the same vibration, really. So if you have a victim energy, you're going to attract the victimizer to you. And I did that. And I was really, really good at it. And I had to like swallow a pill and deep pill and go, you think you're a victim. And that was really the awareness that started to change that. When I realized how victimized my mother was, and through my journeys in the jungle and lots of work, I had, I had a night of an awakening and you were there. 
It was that, it was, was it that year. Now? Oh my gosh. Do you remember it was my birthday? Yeah. And I texted my mother. She hadn't spoken to me for six years and she was in the hospital and I texted her and that was the beginning of the reconciliation. And I left the jungle knowing I would be her healer or her shaman or her, the person that would be there for her during her sickness. And three and a half years later, um, I was at my mother's side. I got to have the relationship with her that I always dreamt of. Um, and it was, oh, I'm going to cry. It was the most <laughs> amazing, beautiful, painful, because I watched her suffer. And I thought to myself, all the suffering my mother caused, because she did, what she went through was so much worse. And I, what happened was I was able to view her and her life of pain. And I had so much compassion for the wounded inner child in her. She had such a horrible mother wound because her mother left one day and never came back. She died, mm. went to the doctor, died. Oh my and so she was five and loved her mommy. And, you know, I was able to feel her pain. And how that influenced her to become hard. Um, and then it was a grandmother that abused her terribly. And, and there was another mother wound. Uh. So I had nothing but compassion for her. And it was Yeshua in a ceremony that said, do you see, Teresa, the seed of compassion is all you need in order to have unconditional forgiveness, which is the door you must walk through to enter into unconditional love. And if you can have unconditional love for this person that in your mind and in your perspective at the time caused your life to go certain roads and caused you so much pain and that you blamed that person, right? If you can forgive that, you can forgive anything. And it's true. <laughs> and I was able to not be the victimized daughter in the relationship with her. And she changed so much that dynamic, me changing, me forgiving, me having unconditional love changed her. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we forget how intricately we are connected. And it's that vibration. We talk about vibrational frequencies and vibration connections, that connection of victim victimizer was completely gone. And by the way, there were parts of my mother that were just really wonderful. It was, it was some mental and emotional illness. There were parts of her that were great, but in the end, in those three and a half years, it was all great. And I was by her bedside through several rounds of radiation and horrible, horrible cancer. And I was the one that was there in her arms or I, she was in my arms, um, sending her off to the other side. So, I can say that it came full circle. Yeah. And love is, always wins. Yes. Well, your story fully embodies that. So I absolutely love that. And what is the gift that you offer to the planet that has really allowed you to receive like the gift of your journey, all its ups, its downs, its moments of bliss and despair and everything in between? Yeah. Oh, it's. It's really in knowing that all things work for good. It's really by having this unshakable, unwavering faith, even in these turbulent times that we're in right now, that God is always God, truth is always truth, that there's only life after life, that, that we really can live fearlessly. 
no matter what's going on. And, and really just that having that deep connection to the inner self and living your life, you know, as much as we can with joy and respect for one another, because, you know, the most important thing in life are how we treat one another. It's, it's how we are in relation to others. You know, when you're an island under yourself, I always tell people, you know, when you do all this work on yourself and you're not in a relationship and you're really isolated or what have you, oh, it's great. And we all need it. But when you know, when the rubber meets the road is how do you relate to other human beings? Right. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's Ram Dass or who, but one of my favorite quotes is relationship is the greatest form of yoga. And <sighs> I think it might be Ram Dass. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, you know, and it's not just about relationships with other people. It's, you know, the relationship you have with your from your heart to your mind. Oh, yeah. Yourself, you know, all of these. To Mother things. Earth. Like, to yes, nature. Everything, everything on this planet is a relationship. <laughs> your relationship to spirit, waking up in gratitude. Like, I woke up today. I have a new day ahead of me. What a joy. Right. And joy, by the way, is the most contagious. It's even more contagious than fear. Joy is a contagion. Mm. And, and even in times like this, and as hard as it is, because I cry about three times a day over what's going on in the Ukraine, because um, I'm super sensitive to it, like we all are. And I cry a few times a day about it while I pray, because I've been told I need to pray without ceasing for this situation. And being a prayer warrior, I said yes, and so I am. And But I feel it very deeply in my soul, because what happens to the right hand affects the left. So what's happening on the other side of the world is happening to us because we are one human body and we cannot escape oneness. We think we're separate because of the ego mind and the illusion of it, but we're not. So the starvation in Africa where I work or in the jungle where I work or where I will go and work, what's happening with these children and these people in the Ukraine, what's going to happen to the Russian population? We can we can avoid it consciously, but on a soul level, we're in it with them. Yes, absolutely. Every story is uniquely, intricately connected. And I always find it, you know, interesting when you look at things that are happening globally, and then you can also look at your own personal life and see different like patterns and things coming up. The macro micro, right? The macro micro. Right? So as above as so below. Right. But, and, and it's true. And I love it how you can put it in that context. And and remember when we when we're experiencing this, it is an opportunity. It is an opportunity to double down on your prayers, on sending right. the light, on your invocation to the invisible, which is really more powerful than in physical form. So, you know, that's why myself and many others that are spiritual and uh, uh, spiritual teachers and prayer warriors, I know there's many of us around the world that are dedicating our time to this and, and, to, and to peace in general around, around the world and to end suffering as we know it. Well, and that leads me into my next question is how do you inspire light on this planet? Well, I heard this on another trip to the jungle and, you know, Jesus is my jam. I'll just say it right now. And he, he's my greatest teacher, along with other Christ consciousness beings like Yogananda and the Buddha and some others. But um, one, one night that it was really, really difficult. And it was, oh my gosh, it was the same night you were there <laughs> when you had, the we, had a power, we had a powerful group going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Victor, my husband was having the world's worst time. I don't know if you recall that very last night. And, um, and, and, and I had had a rough night and I was really under the medicine really strongly. And, um, there was moments where I was feeling the void of what it felt like to be in the void. And that was, I've had that experience many times. And I know work, walking the path that I am is a very shamanic path. And so there was a lot of initiation. I know now after, you know, 42 nights now, I know what that was about. What was the, the final night, your birthday? Was that the final night? I don't know. I No, it oh, was okay. the, no, right. no, no, no. a different one. All right. Yeah. It was the really rough night where the shaman even had the rough night. And, um, and you had a beautiful night. I remember well, I had a beautiful night, but it started out really rough though. Ours was rough until I heard Yeshua say to me, go to Victor. And I, you know, roll off my mat and pull myself over there. And I, I had this essential oil, peace oil, and he was not in peace and I was blessing him and I was putting this peace oil on him and I was speaking to him, speaking blessings of peace into his ears. And immediately when I started praying for Victor and I was more concerned about him than me, I heard Yeshua say to me very clearly, you see that Teresa love and action transcends everything. Mm. So what I say, having the emotion of love, is beautiful. But when you put it to action and you're inspired to act with love in some way, that is putting that vibration to work. Right. And that is transcendent. I love that because a lot of times I feel like in this spiritual culture that we are, you know, moving through, a lot of things are about love and light, but not so much embodying these things you know what love is what you do now it can be you're loving to somebody behind you at the grocery store it can be right. helping someone that needs a jump in their car it can be being of service you know um it, it's little things you know but just being that will cause you to do greater and greater things with that force of love that you're opening up to, because as you become that love in action that transcends everything, you're opening up to that vibration and that frequency just moves through you and you have no choice but to do it. Right. You surrender yeah, well, to it. For sure. I think, I forget, I think it's a Matt Con. The more, the more I love, the more I value what is around me, the more that, you know, the more those things continue to, to be like, the more you see the things that you love, the more the things you, you see that you value. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and, and, and also with the same thing, things become, they become less, you have less attachment to things that you used to. Right. So it becomes a life of how much, okay, I'm going to squeeze out every drop I've got into this, pardon me, into this world around me because I've only got a finite time in this human body. What can I do to be the greatest expression of love with what I've got left on this earth? And for me, it's the children. I love that. And for a lot of people, the first, the best place to start is you. Of course, you got to <laughs> do that inner work because look, you can't give what you don't have. And, and you can't, right. You can't give away what you yeah, don't have an empty and, cup. Yeah. 
so I went through that and, and that was that great awakening I had. It's probably, you know, I don't know, 13 years ago now when I realized I am magnificent because we all are. I was, I, I was formed and made to be here. I have a, I have a, a spiritual family that is rooting me on every minute of the day. There's all kinds of helpers. We got to evoke them and ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And, and, and I tell people that all the time. The law of free will is very strong. But to know, to know that we cannot escape the substance that creates everything lives within our DNA. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what religion you follow. It doesn't matter if you're swinging from the chandeliers on Saturday nights. You know, I'm known for that spiritualist that I am. Don't, don't invite me to a, a good dance party. If you don't want to see me swing from the chandeliers, <laughs> we're supposed to enjoy life. Um, you know, when you recognize that you will recognize the God within you will recognize your true essence. They're one and the same. You know, I don't know who coined this phrase, but I've heard it for years. You know, when you seek God, there you will find yourself. And when you mm. seek yourself, there you will find God. Ooh, I love that. And I, I tell people, this. change the words if you need to. But if you have a hard time hearing source, universe, spirit, God, it, geez, anything, you got it, you've got a wound with your spirituality. And that is where you should put your energies to heal. Right. So true. Well, I was going to ask you if you could offer a statement of love to the world that inspires you on your journey, what would it be? So I don't know, maybe that's it, but maybe you have another one that really, I, I mean, embodies I really, how you approach the world. I mean, the love in action transcends everything is really, really, oh, I know it's our tagline for mom's house for children. Love the children, unite the world because they are our most fragile demographic globally are our orphaned and vulnerable children. And there's so many of them and there's more of them now than we mm -hmm. had last month. And it, we have a duty as the grownups of the world, right. And yeah. as the parents of the world to love the motherless, to love and so that, you know, and it's ironic, right? Because my mom didn't have motherly love. And I'm becoming that mother to those children that, you know, they say, we feel like we have a mom in the world now. And, and I, and I mean it, those children that we support are like my extended family, they are my children. So I wring my hands over them. <laughs> you know, like a mother would for her for her offspring. And I think there's no greater gift than I can leave in my lifetime is by loving as many children and human beings as I possibly can. That's so beautiful. I am so inspired by that. And, you know, as I build this brand, I've been thinking about wanting to connect to a charity. So I think that this is like the perfect fit on so many different levels. I mean, come yes. on. So Yes. Real raw, real raw mama, mom's house. <laughs> I know it's so true. Oh my God. It's ideal. It's so perfect because you know, moms will change the world. Yeah. Moms will change the world. I've always said, I've said this for a long time. If moms were in charge, if women were in charge, do you think there, there would be a starving child? No. Do you think we'd be fighting over resources? And let me get what's mine. Let me get all these leaders. I got to get this so that nobody else can have it. Not, not a balanced mom. I mean, I'm not saying all moms are ideal, you know, we're perfect, right? We know that that's not true. But the majority of people I know 
the majority of mothers I know would never want to see a child suffer anybody's child. Right. Yeah. The true essence of the divine mother who receives all truths with an open heart, who receives you as you are unconditional love. Yes. 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 Oh, I have goosebumps now when you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. What a wonderful mission you're on. And, and, and really for everyone that's listening, whether you have children or not, you know, there, there are children that need you. So your prayers matter. Your energies matter. Yeah. Making a difference for another mother in your life or another child in your life. There's children everywhere. There's moms everywhere, you know, and, and just by unifying the female, um, is what's going to change the energetic vibration of this planet. For sure. And, you know, something that's come up for me on my journey of motherhood is, and not just as a mother, but realizing that I am not here to change anyone. I'm here to, how may I serve you? How may I support you? I'm not here to offer my advice Yes. because being on the other end of that, I'm like, wow, that's not helpful. It doesn't feel helpful to a mother who is at the edge of her rope and Mm -hmm. just can't find any relief to be told, I think you should do this or, or this, this, that, or the other it's, or this will pass, this will pass. Yeah. Or that too. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like no shit. (laughs) Everything's going to (laughs) pass or real. It doesn't help me today. This minute when I am like about to lose my mind. Yeah. right. It's either don't talk to me, don't share anything with me or like, how may I support you? (laughs) Yes. And really that's the question, no matter what anybody's facing. Yeah. How can I support you? Is there anything I can do to actually help you? Can I bring you a meal? Can I babysit for you for a couple hours? Go get your hair done. You know, what can I do to help you? And if you can't, if you don't feel like you can physically support the person, which I totally honor as well, because I've been in positions as well, where people have asked me for help and I just feel in my body that I can't help you then energetically offer that person assistance in the best way you know how, and know that the next best person is going to show up to offer them the support that they need. Yes, very true. I'm the person that can't say no. So what happens to me when someone asks for my help, I drop everything. So I, you know, that's a, 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 on the other end of the stick, I don't listen to my body cueing me to say, Teresa, you can't right now you're sick or, you know, I'm struggling with autoimmune or whatever the case may be. Um, So that was really good information for me what you just said. And I love that. Oh, good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the the balance of being like the self-sacrificer or like, do I have any care for myself? (laughs) Exactly. And that's really where it comes from. Again, like we circling back to, you got to have that self-love in yourself in order to feel that vibration of love so that you can go be loving to others unconditionally. So, so important. And so what are your two core values or however many core values you have? I have two, so you can have however many you want. You know, do unto others. I really live by that. I, I, and I, I can't say that like, oh, I'm so good. I live that way. Like God made me that way. You know, when I, when I hear stories of people bullying other people or people being bullied. I never had that happen to me. My daughter did and my son did too, but I've never had that experience. And I asked myself the other day, actually, I wonder why that never, I never had that experience. And I think it was because, you know, as a child, even I'm thinking back, I, you know, I had a love for people. 
since I was born. Yeah. I just love other people. And so that's a, that's a standard that I really do hold myself to is do unto others as you would have done unto you. Um, and then I would say one thing that has gotten me through so many things and that I hold on to is everything works for your good. Yes. No matter what it looks like and no matter what hell hole you feel like you're in, <laughs> everything's going to work for your good. And, you know, really I, I, I'm a faithful woman, as you know. And so even with mom's house and developing this global organization, everything I do is spirit driven. Every conversation, every ask, even talking to you about it. I probably sought God for six months before I asked you. Seriously. It's that way for everything. I just, you know, the veil is so thin for me because of my near-death experiences, right, that yeah. I've had before. So I can, it's just a constant funnel of stuff. <laughs> you know, it's a constant funneling. And I have all these ideas and everything. I, I just, when you align your soul with the one that it comes from, you know, we're all part of one soul and you align to that and you really do surrender to that and allow it to move through you and you seek it and you say, now, should I do this? What's next? Or the ideas come, you know, it's amazing the doors that open. And so for me, that's the byproduct. The feeling of the unity and the oneness is so beautiful and amazing. I just want that. So that's really how I try to live. And then it just flows through in my life and including in my business, which is the nonprofit, but still a business. Got to run it like a business, you know? So um, it's everything is prayed about. So that's a value that I have. Um, And I would say on my team, everyone's an equal, whether you're on the board or you're an intern in a college, um, we're family. So I treat people as if they're part of my family, whether it's the children and the elders and the tribes that we're working in in Africa or the jungle, or it's a team member. To me, you're part of my ever-growing family. And to those Ukrainians that are fleeing violence, they're part of my family. Yeah. And, and you're part of my family and your tribe is part of my family because truly we are all family. We're human family. Yes, yes. We, how easily we forget that when we get caught up in our own realm of separation and wants and needs and desires. And I, you know, and there's people in my life that I don't have those fuzzy, warm feelings about, right? So there's areas that I'm still a work in progress, you know? I mean, right now I want to, you know, you know, I got some really strong feelings towards the other side that's causing all this violence right now. And, you know, working through that um, and people in my own life, right. We all have that. So it's yeah. not about being holier than now, or, you know, you got to reach a pinnacle of some kind of spiritual awareness. Really, you can dial it down to, you know, the, the people that you're just interacting with in your life that, you know, more often than not to, embrace the fact that everyone is doing the best they can with the knowledge and the the paradigms the patterns the traumas the unhealed wounds the egos everything that they're going through in that moment everybody feels like what they're doing is right in that moment oh yeah even if there's a victim on the other side oh yeah for whatever (laughs) reason and so to really like take a step back and go and i read this in the way of mastery which is a jesus channeling from the 90s similar to course of miracles and and he says that people do things for two different reasons an act of love or a cry for help 
Ooh. Yeah, I'm just thinking about all the times I've done certain things. <laughs> yeah, because we're well, we've been on every side of the coin, really, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't abused people, but, you know, I've been angry at people. I mean, I have felt anger. I have felt, you know, every emotion. We've all felt them all. Well, and that's what we come here for. And I feel that we are at this, like, unbelievably magnificent, terrible time where oh. it's like we get to feel it all oh. and cannot avoid it. Like we you cannot are here to feel it. We are here to feel it. Oh, it's so funny that you said that. Cause I thought about that just, uh, two nights ago, I was like, wow, we are really here at an interesting time. We signed up to be here. Now we are here at an interesting time because as we're ascending to the light, to the fifth dimension and beyond, even earth is ascending, right? As we are ascending and we all know about these ascension symptoms and everything that's going on, guess what happens to the dark? The dark wants to ascend too in a different way, wants to be more powerful. So the shakedown's happening. And when the shakedown happens, the players, the other side players are also going to be activated. Oh yeah. But I do believe, I truly feel that we're like moving into like a really beautiful space, a golden age, if you will. And so this is kind of like the birthing pains of the new earth. I I agree. And I also do believe that it's opportunity for repressed peoples to stand up. I also believe that this is unifying many countries, many peoples that we haven't been unified like this any time in our recent history. Right. So there is a unity that's happening to stand together for the innocent. And I, and I believe that that's going to be the outcome of this. I do believe it's going to be a better place to live when this is settled. Um, But in the meantime, we still do our work as spiritual healers on the planet, as spiritual light workers on the planet to be the facilitators of bringing in more light through our vessels. Yes. It's required. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I don't think we have any choice at this point. (laughs) We do not. Lightworkers unite and bring up some scragglers. (laughs) Right. So, so what are the tools that you use or what is your favorite, or you can have several favorite tools that you use to bring you back to that space of centeredness, that space of grounding when you feel overcome with fear and anxiety about what's happening on the planet or in your life or whatever's going on? Well, there's a few things that I do. Um, First, I pray. That's the first thing I always do. And I would say prayer, my prayers are different than, you know, what a lot of people think praying is. Praying is an intimacy of communication. And so I have these conversations with the other side as if they're standing in front of me and they're my best friends and they're here to help me. So I do, I unload, (laughs) so to speak, I do. And I think it's really important to remember the power of prayer um, and to understand what it is, you know, like it's different than what we've been taught in dogmatic church and circles like that. So I'm a prayer warrior and that always lifts me. Um, I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of breath work, yoga. I really um, steep myself 
in the consciousness of God as much as I can. And really, once you start doing that, it's not hard to get there. Right. You know, maybe at first it might be um, being born a a clear conscious conduit. I, I, you know, I even asked Victor, you know, does it, is it easy for you to, you know, just feel, feel God, you know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought everybody was this way. He's like, I have to work for that. And I'm like, you do? I was shocked. I just found this out not long ago. (laughs) So for me, like, I thank God I was born this way, probably for many, many, many lifetimes of seeking. Um, But I do go to that place of unwavering, unshakable faith and trust. Mm. So really faith is the beginning of it. When you move even even deeper, you move into believing. Okay, well, I'm going to believe it's going to be okay. For some, oh, I'm going to have faith that it's going to work out. Then you go into belief. I'm going to believe it's going to work. I'm going to believe it's going to work. And then you trust that it's going to work. And then Mm. there's one more place. And that is a knowingness that lives in your cells, that lives in your body. And it creates this unity within you that I know, that I know, that I know. Yes. And, you know, I, for me, when I, when I know, it doesn't mean that I've come to this place where I'm like, oh, like, I always feel like I know. It's more like I, like, innately, I know, but there are lots of moments that still come up where I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yes. And I have a lot of fear about what's going to happen, but I can still always go back to that place of, I know. And we all have that, you know, we do. And that's really like Esther Hicks teaches Abraham that when we're feeling that, because that's the contrast of how we want to feel, that's just the reminder. That's just the, oh yeah, wait a minute. I can choose to feel safe. I can choose. And, and one thing I used to do when I was facing a lot of fear and, and, you know, uncertainty in my life is I would tap into my heart space. I am safe. I am safe. All is well. Everything works for good. You know, if I, if God is for me, who or what could be against me? Everything begins and ends with God. And so I was able to really like tap that into my heart space. I recommend everybody doing it, especially right now. There's a lot of fear hovering everywhere right now. There's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of, you know, fighting of different ideals and beliefs and politics and all of this that is really just all to separate us. And we we must remember it's a choice to feel separated, even if somebody else doesn't agree with you. And what you think is the right way, right? Just acknowledging we, we all are pieces to the puzzle, right? But just remembering we're all feeling some of the same feelings. And so tapping that I am safe and remembering there's only life after life, because what we fear is survival, not surviving. And that's the ego. And it's a true human thing. We got to learn to self-master here in the body, Right. <laughs> to really become masters. I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm much closer to the spirit realm managing that stuff than I am my own life. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, well. a, a Taurus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, the that's, the, that's the whole journey. You know, we come here to have this physical experience, not to move beyond it. Exactly. So 
embodying, but remembering who you are gives you the, the faith, the belief, the trust, and the knowingness that you're going to be okay. Yeah. That you're going to be okay. And I think that everybody needs to hear that now. You're going to be okay. Come what may. Right. If, if, if nothing else, give your, give yourself that mantra. I'm going to be okay. Uh-huh. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life is going to continue. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, and- so praying is my first one. Remembering who I am is another one. Sometimes I do some mantras to myself out loud. I'll be like, who are you, Teresa? And I will say, I'm a divine child. Now I have a lot of biblical background. So some of the wording may remind you of biblical stuff, but you know, I'm a spiritualist and I would say, I am a, I am a child of the most high God. I am a divine being of light. I am here to co-create the most magnificent experience I could possibly have. If anybody can do it, I can do it. (laughs) I can do anything with God inside me. I can create miracles in my life. I'm a miracle maker. Damn straight. Well, do you feel, do you feel the vibration of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think for some people, it's hard for them to get to that place of like believing that. So for some people, I always offer, you know, if you can't feel the power of that, then find something that maybe is less like bold mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever can ease your way into feeling a positive experience about you. Absolutely. That's a good step and a good point because it does take time. You know, I've been on this spiritual path. I was born this way, but I went through the opposite of it for most of my life. I went through learning how I had to overcome. I was the great overcomer (laughs) for a really long time. Um, So for me to get here, I had to experience the opposite of it. And that is the beauty of that mother wound because it started when I was born in this family. Right. It was the beauty of it. And I can see it now. And so I speak to everyone who's, who's carrying, you know, the relationship of a, of a, a, you know, with your mother that you wish was different in time, you may have the experience of reconciling in yourself that everything you went through ended up being for you. And I can tell you, I am not the mother that I experienced. I am quite different. And I have always been there for my children. And my daughter has the experience of a mother who would walk over hot coals, who would never hurt her on purpose, who, um, you, you know, just, I mean, she's just been everything to me. And I got to heal a big part of my inner child and a big part of myself in that relationship with her. Right. I got to be the mother to her that I didn't have at the time, but my mama, she came around strong those last three and a half years. And I am just like, Oh, thank you, mom. We got to be the best (laughs) friends and we got to have the most beautiful time. And you know, would I have appreciated those moments if we didn't work so hard for the relationship, we got to apologize. We got to hold each other. We got to cry together. We got to, we got to really be the way, the way it was, the, the way it was intended. And I got to have that. And I thank you. I thank you God for that. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's a super powerful story and gives everyone hope that, yeah, it always does work out. It may not work out when you want it to, may not work out right now, but 
you know, it's a long, long, long game versus the short game. Ain't it though? <laughs> Remember, <laughs> this just happened. I'm 53. So, you right? know, around the uh, block a little here and there. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of already talked about what, you know, projects you are working on right now. But if you want to share anything else about what's really going on that you're inspired about that you're working on. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so excited about what we do and the difference that we're, you know, the impact that we're creating with this beautiful team that I have. We're working in South Africa where, you know, believe it or not, AIDS is still a very prominent epidemic there. Um, Many African nations still battle AIDS. And so we work with the orphaned 99% of them were orphaned from AIDS. And then we work with the vulnerable children as well, where they've lost a parent um, and where the impoverished level, the impoverishment is so critical. I mean, these children don't eat every day. They don't have clean water. They don't have anything. They don't have toys. They have nothing. Uh, And so we're bringing in clean water. We're building sustainable farming solutions to eradicate food scarcity. So rather than just buying food, which we do too, and feeding the children, we actually are establishing poultry farms, vegetable farms, fruit tree farms, so that we can sustain this food supply within the communities that we're working. We build clean sanitation, um, which if you've ever seen a grown man cry over a clean toilet, I have. Wow. And that is one of the most humbling experiences of my whole life. And now we are building what's called the Mom's House Dream Centers. And so every village that we work will have all of that. And the Dream Center is like a daycare kind of, you know, for the younger kids and for the kids that are off of school, also a a sick ward for the children that are sick so they can be cared for and for a place for the children before and after school until the evening. When we do, there will be some orphans that we will have a sleeping wing, um, but it's age appropriate. They're going to have toys. They're going to have learn through play. We're going to teach English, computers, job skill training, agriculture, Uh, um, college prep. We're going to keep the girls from dropping out of school by getting pregnant because they need someone to take care of them and their younger siblings because they've been orphaned. There's 10 year olds raising families over there. So Africa is just, um, I think I was always born for Africa. Wow. They say when you step foot in Africa, you feel like you just got home. It's the seat of humanity there. So I want to bring you, you got to come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the villages around the Amazon River where we spent that beautiful time together and how we bonded in the soul level. Um, the impoverishment there is heart wrenching. We don't have the orphan population there. However, we do have every child is a vulnerable child, meaning they live in multidimensional poverty. That means no clean water, not a regular food supply, lack of education, lack of medicine, lack of opportunity, lack of everything. So we are working in the school to bring in daily lunch program. We actually want to feed them breakfast and lunch. Um, We are going to, right now, we are getting the the water treatment or the water facility the well dug or we're working on that like we've got an engineering firm going out there and everything so we're bringing in clean water first food supply expanding their farm so again the difference with us is we're creating sustainable solutions and then the enrichment buying uniforms shoes and school supplies because the government there 
it's an atrocity, won't let the kids go to school if they don't pay for those things on their own and the parents can't afford it. So 75% of the children aren't going to school, which continues the cycle of poverty. Wow. So we are bringing in English classes with Alex and another facilitator, Freddie. And um, we're having, you know, we're partnering with schools. So we're building sister school companion schools here in the U.S. to care for our kids. And we're going to, these are signature villages that will rinse and repeat and will scale. And we will be doing this work around the world. I've seen it on ayahuasca 25 times. We're going to Nepal. We'll be here in the U.S. at our Indian reservations because they are the most marginalized group of people in America. Um, We're helping Ukraine through some donations for food through the International Rescue Committee. So we are we are going to expand so fast. We need more help. You know, if you know people that have a talent, a resource, a skill, um, and and want to you know volunteer on our team, we'd love it. People to throw parties for us, have events for us. There's a million ways to help, and and you know we're all volunteers, so everything goes to sustain these programs. I love it. So where can people find you? Teresa at MomsHouseForChildren.org, and that's our website, MomsHouseForChildren.org, and everything social. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Thanks for well, that. Of course. I'm super excited to figure out how we can collaborate further on this. I feel yes. like I was getting, well, I got chills so many times throughout this conversation. Oh, but. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a witness. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And so my final question for people is what is your current favorite read or listen? Or if you don't have a current one right now, what is your like all time favorite, like everyone needs to read this book or listen to this Mm. right now it has to be the way of mastery Ah. the way of mastery by the shanti cristo foundation here in sacramento um that is you read one paragraph and you feel transformed i mean this book and it's a it's a yeshua channeling has been so transformative for victor and i you know, we got married and we experienced hardship right off the bat. The minute we got married, it was like we went through so much testing, not in our relationship, in circumstances around us. And we experienced so much of that. And this reading this book together and doing this study has has just well, I've seen the changes in him so profoundly. It so has it's like been, something you do together, like, mm-hmm. a, like a workbook. It's a, it's a text that you read and there's some little exercises you can do. Um, and I do the reading. I read to him cause I'm, I'm a visual so I can read fast and talk fast and he's auditory. Yeah. So it's different. He prefers to hear it than read it. Right. I prefer to read it than hear it. So I, I, he travels to work two hours, um, on Mondays and comes home on Wednesdays or Thursdays, another two hour drive. So a lot of times I read to him while he's commuting. And we have that time oh, together. I, love that. I recommend it. It's a beautiful text and it is alive. I love it, it is alive and it's a heck of a lot easier to get through than the Course in Miracles, <laughs> <laughs> like by a lot. So that's one of my favorite books. I mean, I have, a, a, I'd have to look, um, you know, there's so many amazing teachers and authors. I love Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love. That was very transformative to me back in the day. Um, I love The Untethered Soul. That is a beautiful book. Um, And but now I now the way of mastery is the standalone because it has been it works on you from the inside out. 
Wow. Well, that's going to be my next go-to then. Oh, goody. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Maybe I can even read it to father of my son. <laughs> I think that would be a magnificent <laughs> idea. Actually. I mean, yeah. I mean, going into it without any expectations, of course, but yes, one always likes the only to expectation hope that- is that it helps him. Yeah. Helps yeah. him grow. And, and really it's all about the, the text is, is all about peeling back the layers that we've stacked on ourselves through the illusion of separation, through mind patternings, through attachment, through all of that, and really coming to live from the heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that, you know, I hear all the time, men, women are here to lead men back to their hearts. So yeah. I, I will say, if you ask Victor, when he, you'll have to ask him that when he's on your podcast, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like to take a little bit of credit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been, you know, he's turned himself inside out to become the divine masculine. And, and I can say, as I've said to him for the past 11 years, you really need to be a leader of men, even in through business, you know, because men, that mass, that dominant masculinity happens a lot in the business world. I mean, what the way that he has infused it, even in his business life and being a man of integrity in business is really, and he's, I, he's the most integrous man I've ever met in relationship with me, with my adult children, with my friends, with my dying mother, with my family, with all of us in the jungle, you know, he, he truly is a person of integrity. And I think that that, that is an area that there needs to be just an explosion of growth. Yes, for sure. Well, we're all inspired and grateful that there are men like him on this planet to help lead that movement. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's possible, right? He'll tell you he wasn't always this way. It's possible. For sure. We all have the possibility of remembering our magnificence and aligning back to that. Yes. Yeah. And do unto others. I love that. Do unto others pretty much embodies everything. Mm-hmm. All that. Yes. Well, I was so smart. <laughs> or Still <real>. is. <laughs> well, I know we could talk for probably hours. Yes. I could probably talk to almost every person that I love for hours, but that's yeah. why I you know, started this podcast is because I love having inspired conversations like this that are real and raw and hopeful. And so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for, for having me. Conversation. Yeah. And I look forward to inviting you into my, I'm going to have, my vision is to have a, an in-person platform to invite I'll be people there. to a little studio. So yeah, yeah. We, we will do round two. Let's have a party. For real. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I love you. you. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Peace and rich blessings to everyone. For more inspired content, real raw mama moments, holistic tips, technologies, and tools, follow us at Real Raw Mama on Instagram and visit realrawmama.com. To claim your free seven keys to optimizing your health, wealth, freedom, and happiness, go to embracewhoyouare.com. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a real raw episode. And I want you to remember, you're the chosen one. We all are.